Okay. Bearing in mind all that we've... Uh, what Shirley said today, some of the songs that we've sang today, my message today is titled Living in Power and Victory. Living in Power and Victory. <clears throat> and folks, there are many, many different ways to live, but power and victory is the way that the Bible says that we should live. <clears throat> We are actually um, in touch with the most unlimited resource in the universe. Um, People can bless each other, and that's very nice when we receive a blessing. Um, Lois was blessed with a piano. Very nice. And, you know, we receive blessings from one another and we give out of our abundance. And it's very nice to receive a blessing because it means that somebody has thought of you and has given you something for free or for cheap or a special blessing. And that is so nice. But folks, human beings can only bless out of what they have And what we have is a limited resource. So I would like to bless every person here with a million dollars each, but I don't have that kind of resource. But if I did, I would. But the point I want to make is that the God that we serve, his resources are unlimited. And so God is able to bless abundantly over and above what we could even think or imagine because his resource is unlimited. You know, like, imagine Jared could probably bless every person he knows with a free sheep, but then his resources are limited and there'll come a day where there's no more sheep to give and then his business will be down the gurgler. So, you know, there's wisdom, but with God... There is no limitations. There is no limitations. And, you know, to remind the devil of his future is really good because the temptation comes and all we've got to say, it's like Shirley said, devil, your future is different than mine and I am not going to align myself with the things that you promote and the things that you want me to do. I've aligned myself with the scriptures, with God's word, with the flesh incarnate, with the Alpha and the Omega, the bright and morning star, the first and the last. That's the one that we have aligned ourselves with. During an earthquake some years ago, the inhabitants of a small village were generally very much alarmed but they were at the same time surprised at the calmness and apparent joy of an old woman who everybody knew. At length, one of them addressing the old woman said, Mother, why are you not afraid? The woman said, Well, it's like this. I rejoice to know that I have a God who can shake the world. Yeah. We also have a God 
that can shake the world. He shook the Red Sea, didn't he? And the Israelites crossed over. He shook the whole situation with David and Goliath. He shook the whole situation with Nebuchadnezzar and the boys in the fire. And God is about shaking this world. And he gives us a shake. Sometimes to wake us up and sometimes to encourage us and to build us up. I want to read to you today from 2 Peter chapter 1 verses 3 through to 11. His divine power has given us everything. Oh, what? His divine power has given us everything. Like, again, where is the limitation on everything? It's an infinite word, isn't it? It's not like 27%. Okay, let me read. His divine power has given us everything we need for life and godliness through our knowledge of him who has called us by his own glory and goodness. Through these, he has given us a very great and precious promises. Promises. He has given us very great and precious promises so that through them you may participate in what? The divine nature and escape. Ladies and gentlemen, escape the corruption of this world caused by evil desires. Verse 5, for this very reason make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness and to godliness brotherly kindness and to brotherly kindness love. It's a big list, isn't it? A bit like the fruit of the Spirit. For if you possess these qualities in increasing measure... They will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. But if anyone does not have them, they're nearsighted and blind and has forgotten that Jesus has, that they have been cleansed by Jesus from their past sins. Therefore, says verse 10, my brothers and sisters be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never fail. You will never fail. Oh, you will never fail. And you will receive a rich welcome, ladies and gentlemen, into the eternal kingdom of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. Not just a welcome... Not just a meagre welcome, not just like, howdy Chris, welcome to the pearly gates. A rich welcome, folks, this is something to think about. A rich welcome from someone that has an unlimited resource. What kind of a welcome could you not even imagine the welcome? But we're not here to talk about the welcome, we're talking here to talk about our life right here and now. Not so much our life in the future. But folks, God has provided everything we need for godliness. And all we have to do, folks, is make the effort. And we will receive a life without fear and a rich welcome into the kingdom of God. We carry fears, folks, of all different sorts. 
Some people are scared of the dark. My mother was scared to drive up a mountain road, you know, where you've got the mountain on one side and a big drop on the other. She's terrified. A lot of people are. We all have different sorts of fears. Financial issues, marriage issues, um, occupation issues. Fear, 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 fear. Does it come from God? No, it doesn't, does it? It does not. So everything that we need for both life and godliness has been provided for. It has been provided for. That means we don't have to work at it. It's already there. It's like leaving the Christmas tree up all year, you know. (laughs) You don't have to worry about it next year, do you? It's already up. It's done. Okay. Well, that's probably a funny example, isn't it? But Christians, ladies and gentlemen, Christians are on the receiving end of the best deal ever. The receiving end. Do you remember that show on TV? Deal or no deal? It's the same with your belief in God. Deal or no deal? Are you going to take the same way that the devil's going? That's a no deal. And it's a no-brainer to take God. So Christians are on the receiving end of the best deal ever. And all we have to do is one thing. Participate in the divine nature. That's it. This book here, the Bible, tells you all about the divine nature. So whose nature is the divine nature? Exactly. God, Jesus, Holy Spirit. They're all the same in that respect. They are three in one and one in three. So all we have to do is participate in the divine nature and participating in the divine nature allows us to escape the corruption of this world. It's there, we live among it, but we don't have to participate, do we? And I'm glad. I've never seen anyone here today staggering home drunk from the pub. Not that I'm on the streets that much. But that is not participating, unless participating in an undivine nature. And I'm glad to see. But there are areas of our lives that we can tighten up here and there, you know. It's a process called sanctification. So, I'm going to ask a question, but I already know the answer. But it's here in the notes. Do you want to escape the corruption of this world? And I know everybody wants to. But sometimes it's hard work. Sometimes it's hard work. And sometimes, like, for those of us that are working, um, we, we, we work in a non-Christian environment. And sometimes th- people bring things to us or, or we hear, like, bad language or we hear um, stuff against God or... We get criticised for our Christianity or sometimes we just hear people, maybe they don't even know that we're Christians, but you know, they use Jesus' name in a bad way and it hurts a bit. And Yeah. All the corruption of this world. We have to live in the world, but we don't have to be a part of it. God called us through his own glory and goodness. That's a blessing to be called. And the calling is from the world 
into his kingdom. Okay, we live in two kingdoms. I've said this before. We live in two kingdoms. We are born into a kingdom in Australia. We are born into a kingdom. The kingdom of Queen Elizabeth II. Okay? It's a worldly kingdom. We're born into that kingdom. But for those of us that have received Christ, we have been adopted into God's kingdom. The kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. And we are also... In that, and that is a spiritual kingdom. We know about it, we understand it because we connected. Our spirit is connected with God's spirit, which is the Holy Spirit. There's a connection there, and we're part of His kingdom. And if you want to be in Queen Elizabeth's kingdom, you have to be born, and you have to be born into a certain country. Helen's not in that kingdom, she's born in Kenya. And she's not part of Queen Elizabeth's kingdom. There, it's an independent nation. She's part of the kingdom of Kenya, I guess. But when she becomes an Aussie, she'll be part of Queen Elizabeth's kingdom. But the point I want to make is that if you want to be a part of the kingdom of God, you also have to be born. You've got to be born into that kingdom. And Nicodemus said, well, okay... I'm not hearing real clear. I've already been born once. What's going on? And Jesus said, you've got to be born again. What? I've got to be born twice. But it's a spiritual birth. It's a spiritual birth. So God called us through his own glory and goodness. And from God's point of view, it's about separation. Have you seen those recipes where you've got to separate like the egg white from the yolk? And sometimes like if you're making a pav and then you get a bit of yolk and it's just not going to work. You've got to be really careful. But God has called us through his own glory and goodness and it's about being separated like the white from the yolk. It's being separated from the world and living God's way. Living God's way, as opposed to the worldly way. The corruption of this world is the way of this world. And it ultimately leads to death and hell. And it's not a good place to go. The divine nature is God's nature. And you might look at different people, children or friends or or detect their nature. We do, we see, we go, whoa, Gaz has been a bit grumpy today. You detect his nature, you know, or, you know, whatever. Um, But, uh, but Peter is encouraging us to display God's nature through God's promises. Our faith, folks, is more precious than gold. Believe me, because it's your faith in a God that you can't even see and that faith will carry you to heaven. So that makes your faith very, very precious, more precious than gold. And even though gold is precious to us, how precious is gold to God? He uses it to make the roads. Road base. 
That's what God thinks of gold. So whatever God's got starts with gold at the bottom and just goes up. You know, imagine you went up to the palace there where the queen lives and you took her a suitcase full of asphalt. You say, Stuart, what's going on? I bought you some road base. That's what gold is to God. Road base. Even though it's precious to us. So whatever God's got for us, gold is the lowest. Now, I don't know what ladies think in terms of jewellery and rings and all that sort of stuff, but gold's the lowest. (laughs) So, I just can't imagine what heaven's going to be like. I just can't imagine. And I was reading a book about this. I can't remember if it was a man or a lady. But anyway, someone died, went to heaven for a while and came back and they, 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 they were going up this, like, this path and there was a gate and at the gate there were all sorts of people, a big crowd, a big crowd and, and, and as they got closer they, could rec- they started to recognise people that had gone before them and they were there and they were welcoming and saying, wow, awesome, great to see you. But as this person was going up the path, as the wind or the breeze was blowing through the grass, was making a tuneful sound. Like, can you imagine that? Like, whenever I hear the wind, it's just like a howling sound. You know, I think, whoa, is the house going to disappear? And that's just like one aspect. You know, this person got to the gate and Jesus came and said, look, it's not your time. You've got to go back. It's not your time. But, it's different. And the colours. And this person said, the colours of the flowers and the plants and everything are colours you've never ever seen before. Colours that don't even exist in the rainbow. I, I, I can't imagine. I just can't imagine. And, and when the wind blows through the grass and the plants, it makes like sweet music. Got to get there, folks. I mean... It's still work here to be done. I'm not ready to die, but I'm looking forward to the day. So, the divine nature is God's nature. And you might look at different, um, different people, children, friends, detect their nature, and it could be friendly or nasty or somewhere in between. But Peter is encouraging us, as I've said before, to display God's nature in and through God's promises. And our faith is more precious God. We don't realise the value of our faith. Some of the promises that relate, pardon me, I want to, I want to share with you some of the promises that relate to a life of holiness. So, if you are able to live a life of holiness the best you can with God's help, Romans six fourteen says, we're free from the domination of sin. 2 Corinthians 12.9 says that God's grace is sufficient for us. Philippians 4.13, it gives us the power. We have the power to be obedient to the things God asks us to do. James, <coughs> excuse me, James 4.7 says that we have victory over the devil. And it's an obvious one because the devil tried to kill Jesus. Put him on the cross, had him nailed there. 
He was stabbed in the side with a spear or pierced. Went into the tomb, was sealed up. The devil's going, ho, 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 winner. I've got the power to even take down the son of God. But he's wrong, wasn't he? Because the power of God even raised his son over death. That's the ultimate healing. And Jesus didn't just come back as a normal human. He came back as a glorified person. He could do things like time travel. He was here, then he was over here, like miles and miles away, just in the next minute. He had a glorified body. In the upper room, he walked through the wall, passed through things. Folks, when we meet with the Lord in the air, we will be transformed. The dead in Christ will rise and we will rise too. And our bodies will be made different. We will be glorified. No more sickness, nothing. There'll be no doctors in heaven or when we live here for a thousand years on the planet with Jesus in the the new millennium. There'll be no need for doctors. There'll be no need for policemen. It's going to be awesome. A thousand years with Jesus. The devil's going to be put into the abyss. I looked it up. The abyss is the deepest part of the ocean. The deepest part. And he'll be chained up for a thousand years. The sad thing is when after a thousand years he'll be set loose and he'll deceive the nations again. But let's hope that when that deception comes, that after a thousand years of God, that people will say, we've done a thousand years without you, devil. We're ready to do eternity also without you. 1 Corinthians 10.13 says, we'll be able to escape when tempted. Uh, 1 John 1 John 1 and 9 says, forgiveness when we confess our sins. Psalms 50.15 says, that God will respond when we call. By remembering God's promises, you will escape the corruption and participate in God's nature. God's nature. Like, not my nature. I'm just a human. I'm just a human. Okay. By remembering God's promises, you will escape corruption and participate in the divine nature. So, I want to talk about making an effort. In verse 5, Peter encourages us to add to our faith. So you've got faith, add to your faith. Why? Why would Peter say that? To avoid being ineffective and unproductive. So if your faith's small, add to it. Allow your faith to grow. So that you can become more effective and more productive for the things that God has for you. Do you want to be ineffective and unproductive in your Christian walk? We don't, do we? Uh, I don't really care much about doing all the Bible stuff. Just, you know, want to go to heaven, that's it. I'll be right, I'll just commit a few sins. I know God will probably forgive me, he's good and that, you know, we'll be right. Uh, Don't need the blessings too much, I've got a good job, you know, money's good and got a house and that, so... Yeah, just don't want to go to hell. No, we don't want to have that kind of attitude, do we? 
That attitude sucks. It sucks. So, the call is to add to your faith. And Peter gives us a list of things to add to our faith. Goodness. So, you got your box of faith, right? Add in goodness. Hmm, okay. Let me ask quick, can you be good? Everybody's got a certain amount of goodness, haven't they? Just add to it. <laughs> and to goodness, knowledge. Ah, so to your box of faith with goodness, add in knowledge. Read this and you'll get some. Okay? Come to Bible study, home groups, youth group, Sunday school, you know, whatever age you are, have some fellowship, get together, read the Bible, add some knowledge. To knowledge, add self-control. Oh, hang on a minute. I can do a lot of things, but self-control? We need to control ourselves according to God's standards. Okay, to self-control, perseverance. Just keep hanging in there, folks, even when it looks bad. Just keep hanging in there. Persevere. Push through. And a perseverance, godliness. Okay, that's a lifestyle, isn't it? Godliness. You know, don't hang out with the sinners. Hang out with the believers and become more godly. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And I might even add in sisterly kindness. So, and some versions say brethren, which covers everything but it's okay to be kind to your brothers and sisters in Christ wow Dennis and some other guys were so kind to Lois pushing a piano up the footpath how kind is that and you know I've been on the receiving end you know like there was a time when Chris cooked a whole bunch of meals and we stuck them in the freezer and so kind um, and we've been kind to others and brotherly kindness is just good. And to brotherly kindness, love. And a few weeks ago I preached out of the love chapter in um, 2 Corinthians 13 and it says you can have all this stuff and there's a list, blah, 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 blah. But if you don't have love, you got Zippo. I think... The Greek word is translated to nothing. <laughs> so, we need to do all those things and have love. So, Peter says, if you don't have these qualities, then you are nearsighted. Okay? Nearsighted. And blind. And forgotten that you've been cleansed from your past sins. Do you want to be a person that's walking around with a white stick? Right? Because you're spiritually blind? No. No. We want to read the Bible. We want God to open our eyes to his ways and to his purposes. We have been cleansed from our past sins. And if we add these qualities to our faith... If we are able to add these qualities to our faith, what sort of people 
do we become? And I think that's a good question. Firstly, we become people with a godly nature. Well, that's cool, because if you're going to heaven, you surely want to go there with a godly nature. You don't want to get to heaven and have a sinful nature. They won't even let you in the door or through the gate. We become people who are ready and willing to help others. That's nice. We become people with a testimony. Hey, did you read this verse? Hey, I got an answer to prayer. Hey, someone blessed me. Okay. I love testimonies, folks. And I love our testimony time. It does two things. One, it shows that we are active in our Christianity. It shows that we love God. But it shows that we are active in our Christianity. And... I've been pastoring here for 20, this is my 22nd year, and we have never ever had a service without a testimony time. I love to hear the stories of what God has been doing in and through people's lives. It's pretty cool. Sometimes in a testimony time, someone will say, Oh, can you pray for such and such, a relative or a friend? We do. Next week, hey, guess what? Gaz testified today. His wife and his children prayed for him. Boom. He gets better. First thing he does, comes to church, shares the testimony, a good word. And we're all encouraged by that. We go, wow, that's awesome. So we also become people who can see the things of God. And we must look for and see the things of God. I had a dream one day. I was in my... 30s, I think, late 30s. And I had this dream and I didn't know what it meant. And in the dream, I was outside with a bunch of people and it was a clear night and I looked up in the sky, in the dream, I looked up in the sky and go, wow, have a look at those stars over there. And they're going, where? Just there, above that tree. See those stars, I've never seen them before. They're so pretty and awesome. You know, there's no stars above that tree. It's just like an empty piece of the universe, you know. No, 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 just, you can see them there. I woke up. What a strange dream. So I went and talked to a lady in the church that interprets dreams. I said, Alice, I had this dream and I told her. So what do you reckon it means? She said, that's easy, Stuart. God has given you the ability to see things that other people don't see. I go, wow. Folks, we all have that ability. I thought I was special, but I'm not. God shows each one of us things that others can't see. And that's the beauty of Christianity. That I might see something that no one else can see and I can say, hey, what about this? I saw a verse the other day. Let me share it with you. But everybody has that ability, don't they? And sometimes that verse just jumps out at you and go, whoa, I've seen it a hundred times and all of a sudden it hit me like a brick on the head. And sometimes you can look at a situation and you see something in that situation. It might be good or bad. If it's you, it might be bad and you might warn somebody and say, well, I, I think you, know, you need to be careful here. Or it might be good and you can say, well, what a blessing. And we all see things. God has given us that ability and that insight 
to see things that other people don't see. And they are the things that we should share. They are the things that we should share. Um, we also become people who are ready to serve. We become people who are fulfilled in their life. And I love to have that sense of fulfilment. And I really feel that at this point of time in my life, that I feel so fulfilled in what God has asked me to do. And I'm saying to God, increase the ministry. Increase my ministry. I want to do more. Don't give me too much that I can't handle. And I know he won't. The scriptures tell me that. But I'm happy to do more. And I feel so fulfilled. We should all feel fulfilled in the things that God has asked us to do. We're not all called to be pastors. We're not all called to be on the platform. But I feel fulfilled in the calling that God has given me. And you should also feel fulfilled in the calling that God has has given to you. And if you don't know what your calling is, you need to get on your knees and ask God. Say, what's my calling? What's the ministry? What do you got for me? What do you want me to do? Yeah? God puts people in the workplace not to earn money. God can supply all the money. He puts you in the workplace to be his representative. It's what it's about, folks. You don't go to the supermarket to do shopping. You go to the supermarket to be God's representative. And you just do shopping on the side. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's God first, folks, everywhere. Some people pick up hitchhikers. They say, wow, opportunity. I can share the gospel and they can't even escape. (laughs) You know, like, yeah. So... Why wait any longer? You'd be crazy if you didn't look to adding to your faith even today. Let me wrap it up. Failure is a word that we don't like to hear. And it's in us to do well at exams. And we like to pass the test. And we like to be successful in life. And Peter says in verse 10, Be all the more eager to make your calling and election sure. In other words, ladies and gentlemen, in other words, make sure that your name is in the book. That's the bottom line. Peter is urging us to do two things. Two things? Two things. First, he's encouraging us to display God's nature in our lives through God's promises and he's urging us to add to our faith. You know the list. If we do these things, this is the result. We can be assured, one, that our name is in the book, two, that we will never fail and three, we will receive a basic welcome into the kingdom of God No, it doesn't say basic welcome, does it? It says a rich welcome into the kingdom of God. Okay, outworking as we wrap it up. Outworking has a twofold, twofold, um, sorry, this message, this message has a twofold outworking. Okay, ready for your homework, folks? Twofold outworking. One, earthly, our work here on the planet, will be more effective. Okay, the more we add to our faith, the more effective our work will be. And two, 
we are assured a place in heaven. So your homework is to add that list of things to your life. Goodness, knowledge, self-control, perseverance, goodness, godliness, goodness, brotherly kindness and love. That's the homework, folks, to add those things to your life. A bit this week, a bit next week, a bit this year, a bit next year, you know, a bit this decade, a bit the next decade. Just keep it rolling along and you will pass the test with flying colours. Hallelujah. So don't leave here saying, I heard a really good message today. No, don't want that. I want you to take this message into your hearts, ladies and gentlemen, and begin to allow God to bring the changes into your life that he wants to make. Don't worry about me. I'm not saying add these things to your life. I don't even know your situation. But God does. And allow him, add these areas to your faith and allow him to make those changes in your life so that you can be one, more effective in your Christianity and two, be assured, absolutely assured that your name is in the book. Let's pray. Father, we give you all the praise and the glory today. We thank you, Lord, for Peter's message, these verses, Lord, that we've gleaned from. And we just pray and ask, Lord, that you'll help us in our everyday life. Lord, you'll help us to add these, these qualities to our life, to our faith, and that we will grow and increase in our knowledge and understanding of you. Be a part of our lives today. Be a part of our lives tomorrow. We pray in Jesus' wonderful name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks. Thanks for listening to a Wattle City Church podcast. If you download the Anchor podcast app and type Wattle City Church into the search engine, you can listen to more and great podcasts from Wattle City Church. Thanks.